It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Jets are still limping to the All-Star break, and after another game in which the Jets were depleted, they've lost even more players against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll talk about this very tough loss on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, like I said, the Jets just wrapped up a, a, a tough overtime loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a one nothing game. Uh, so, hey, a new streak of conceding three goals or less has begun. The Jets have uh, taken the very first step there, but unfortunately it just happened to be a shutout for the Jets and not the one where Winnipeg walked away with the victory. What is really funny about this game is that the Jets – honestly controlled almost all of it, right? Like, Toronto was just kind of bad. Like, the Leafs, yeah, in terms of offensive threat, Toronto was pretty toothless for most of the game. Somehow they got gifted five power plays uh, by the, the refs before the Jets started really getting any sort of calls, and they kind of squeaked through uh, on a bit of a mistake from Neil Pionk in front of uh, Laurent Brassois, 
And that was really the only reason that they won. So um, this game's a weird one, right? The, the Jets came into this without Shifley and Velarde again, which I really thought that we were guaranteed to see uh, Shifley in this game. Instead, you know, they kind of downgraded him. It was back to a day-to-day situation, and then he just wasn't able to play. So that is a really tough loss, and then you lose uh, Velarde again. Gabriel is still dealing with something that's lingering, which is not great for the Jets. Winnipeg really can't go much longer without both of these guys, so thank goodness the All-Star break is coming up because if the Jets had to keep going without Shifley and Velarde for even more games, that would be a huge problem. Uh, Winnipeg can only get so far without two of their top liners, and I think we're seeing the Jets kind of pushing at the limits of what they're capable of. And, in, like, let's be honest, right? When it comes to, like, offensive production and stuff, the Jets are kind of one of those teams that's really built to run through the system. And if you don't have uh, a couple of elite guys to help carry you through that, you are not going to be generating much offense. So Winnipeg, in this case, they definitely generated a lot of chances, you know, in terms of controlling the plate. Like I said, they thoroughly outshot and outchanced the Leafs uh, for a good stretch of the game. And then about halfway through, the tide started to turn and Toronto slowly crawled back into this game. Winnipeg had a couple of moments where they made some really silly turnovers. A couple of players uh, coughed the puck up and put themselves in a really bad spot. Toronto, again, had power plays that you could argue were perhaps not as deserved as you might expect. And so the Jets found themselves uh, at times fending off what felt like a one nothing loss. But instead, they carried it to overtime. They got a point. And then, you know, Pionk decided to make a really bad decision. Ehlers was streaking towards the neutral zone. And it looked like there was going to be a very clear pass. Instead of doing um, maybe a banked pass off the boards or something, Pionk kind of like two-handed it. Uh, Nick Robertson ended up deflecting it and dropping the puck and turned it over right for Matthews to squeeze it through uh, Brissois, which was really sucky, right? That's one of the worst ways to go out, and I think it was especially frustrating because the Jets even had a 2-1-0 earlier in the game where Barron and uh, I think it was Janssen Fialbi maybe kind of overpassed it a little bit. It should have been a clear goal, but somehow uh, that whole sequence ended up with the Jets not scoring. You had Kupari on a two-on-one with uh, a great odd man rush, wrists right into Samsonov's chest, and the Jets just felt like they were kind of snake-bitten. You know, anything that they tried didn't really work out. And, and then the Jets even had an end-of-game power play that stretched into overtime and still really didn't look all that dangerous, even with the four on three. So, uh, you know what? There were there were legit chances for the Jets to kind of take away points from this game, uh, more than just one. And it kind of felt like Winnipeg left stuff on the table. Now, like I said, I'm not really going to get upset about this game. Uh, it is what it is. The Jets have kind of been, you know, scuffling the rat the past few games. And I think the injuries are really starting to mount. And then the Jets had a, a bit of a double whammy with... Josh Morrissey going out due to some sort of lower body injury. He took a shot, and then after he took that shot, uh, came out of the game and did not return about halfway through. That was a crushing blow. If Morrissey had been in this game still, the Jets might have actually come away with the victory. You know, it would have been narrow, but I would have thought, you know, his presence might have been enough to tip that last power play to give the Jets the victory. But instead, Winnipeg kind of walks away with a bit of a, bit of a uh, disappointing result. I'll say this, right? Like, a point on the road is still fine, and I'm sure the Jets will take it, but I think Winnipeg would probably feel like, 
they shouldn't have done and just been a little bit cleaner on their finishing, right? Every every time that they had a chance, it somehow ended up with like a stone hand sort of situation. The Jets just they left too much on the table, and eventually that Toronto lineup came through. Now, whether the Leafs can really be happy about it, I would say they'd probably not be thrilled. They were pretty crap for half the game. It was an ugly, ugly watch. So in that respect, the Jets kind of played pretty well. It's just that ultimately at the end of the day, you know, you got to score a goal. And Winnipeg really struggled to do that. So I think we're seeing a lot of evidence as to why the Jets definitely still need to uh, look at some trade options. And we'll talk about, you know, Winnipeg running out of some of these options uh, as the injuries continue to mount, as fatigue continues to settle in, and as Winnipeg really needs to to sit down and kind of take a look at what this roster needs and reevaluate maybe some of their strategies. They've come a long way as it is. Now it's kind of preparing and gearing up for the last uh, half of the season and assessing what the biggest needs are. I think in general, we've got a pretty good idea as to one of the bigger uh, problem spots, and we'll talk about that in just a bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, just match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. It doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers high quality matches compared to other job sites. And we're not just talking like average guys, right? We're talking like the highest quality candidates you can find. I think, you know, as somebody who has used Indeed myself, I've honestly enjoyed it. Uh, it's very simple to apply to jobs. It's very convenient. It's got a great, powerful search engine. So I can only imagine that if you're an employer, it's probably as easy as ABC. You know, it's it's a great service. And there are over three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed right now. So if you're ready to join that mass of folks, uh, we've actually got a special offer Listeners of this show will get a $75 uh, sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed from Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions to apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are uh, continuing to talk about the Jets having some interesting issues recently, Winnipeg kind of finding out sort of the, the limits of this roster, what they're capable of and how far they can push. Things have been a little bit uh, a little bit dicey, if we're being honest, the last few games. And it's been a bit of a trend, but, you know, I think it's pretty understandable with the Jets having had injuries and fatigue settling in. I think we have a pretty good sense, though, of what, you know, regardless of position, one of the biggest things the Jets could use is some finishing talent. Winnipeg this year has had a very interesting approach to creating offense where a lot of it is built off of what you might call will over skill, right? Lots of, of second chance efforts, a lot of opportunities where the Jets are, are 
uh, creating waves of pressure. So it's, it's, it's a little bit artificial in a way, right? I think that is the best way that I can describe it. It's the good kind of artificial because you're applying pressure through four different lines that each have a really critical role. But I think the biggest thing is that the Jets actually need some extra finishing talent to make the system really work, right? You can't just rely on uh, Will continually to be the dominant force. And I think that's where the Jets could honestly use a little bit of a helping hand. As it is right now when the Jets are fully healthy, things are great, but you're just not going to have the luxury of a fully healthy team all the time. And I think in Winnipeg's case this year, we're starting to see some really big injuries that are having a tremendous impact on Winnipeg's ability to create, or even if they are creating chances, actually finishing on those opportunities. That's where, like, you know, Buchnevich could be really helpful. Uh, maybe Lindholm. Uh, again, like I've talked about in previous episodes, I'm less in love with him. Maybe an Anthony Mantha could be of interest. I mean, there's a lot of teams are gonna, that are going to be selling this year. I've even seen people talk about, you know, uh, Matthew Joseph, Claude Giroux, Travis Konechny. I mean, there's like a whole host of options. I think the biggest thing, though, is just to find elite finishing talent. And if this is the year that the Jets are really prepared to go all in, you have a wealth of resources to draw upon. I will say, though, that one of the big trade pieces that I was expecting to be used as part of the packages, Chaz Lucius, he's having uh, ankle surgery and it's season ending. So I don't know if there's a lot that you know teams are going to be interested in in his respect. But I think Winnipeg might be able to offer up guys like Colby Barlow as potential options for teams that are looking for you know a pretty solid prospect. Barlow for me is probably in a, a second tier of Jets prospects. You know, overall, Winnipeg, I, I still have uh, like a, an elite tier, McCrory, maybe Lambert and Chibrikov. And then below that, you start to, starting to get into like the Lucius and Barlow tier. Lucius, unfortunately, is going to fall below that now because of his injury history. But if he had been healthy, he would have been a menace. It's just year after year, we're starting to see, unfortunately, the limits of his body. And it really sucks because in terms of the offensive talent and skill, it's undeniable. Lucius had one of the higher ceilings among our prospect pool, and it just seems like everything that could go wrong to derail his development has gone wrong. He's only played less than 100 games over the last couple of years. That's just not good enough for a kid who, you know, really needs this development time from like 18 to 21. But unfortunately, everything has just conspired to end the seasons year after year. And at this point, you know, you're really hoping for a Hail Mary. I guess the positive spin is that, you know, uh, considering Velarde's trajectory, right? Gabriel had uh, a lot of, of strife and turmoil on his path to make the NHL. And we're finally seeing the fruits of his persistence and his never say die sort of attitude finally coming to fruition. He's, he's having a bit of a monster year for the Jets when he's healthy. And I think that could be perhaps a bit of a source of inspiration, right? Right inside the Jets organization, another story of a guy who's had a big comeback since being able to recover from what honestly looked like pretty close to career-ending injuries early into his pro career. Even in some of his junior career, this was stuff that that haunted Velarde. But with, with Lucius, ankle surgery might be a little bit of a different uh, scenario. That's the kind of stuff that can potentially limit you permanently. So, We'll have to see what happens. Perhaps it might just be best for him to get a chance to, to have a fresh start elsewhere. I don't know what else to do. You know, that, that's, that's been a tough one. But the Jets at least still have plenty of other, other trade chips that they'll probably be able to draw on. You know, they have a, a really high second round pick thanks to Montreal. 
They've got their own first rounder, which will be a low first rounder, but still pretty good. And they, they could probably mortgage other second rounders and first rounders from future drafts. And again, that's before you even get to the prospect pool. I do think that there are some guys that I would not trade. Uh, I, I have to say McCrory is probably one of the top names that I would really, really, really prefer the Jets not to touch. The only time Rucker should really come into a conversation is if we're talking about a player with three-plus years term. Other than that, I'm not really interested in exchanging somebody who not only looks like a future captain, but looks like one of the best pure prospects in Winnipeg's entire system. He's so good that, you know, based on his current trajectory, he'll probably sign his ELC at the end of uh, his his collegiate season and join the Jets. He's been a menace for uh, his college team. I expect him to be a major force for the Jets in Winnipeg's top nine pretty soon. And honestly, if he does well enough in a, a debut sample for a couple of games, maybe he becomes like an internal rental for the Jets this year. Burn an ELC season. You don't care. Honestly, it might not even be the worst idea anyways, because then it has perhaps a little bit more leverage when it comes to negotiating a, a lower priced and lower cap hit extension, you know, less games to work from for a sample size. And for Winnipeg, they potentially get a really big finisher and power forward to join their bottom six as they go on a playoff run. One less thing that you have to trade for because you can promote internally and work that way. So Legit options, but Winnipeg is definitely running short right now on some warm bodies, so we'll see how they have to balance this. But one warm body that's come back that I think is really worth talking about recently is Kyle Connor. He's been a very different player since returning from injury, and I thought it was worth spotlighting some of the interesting things that we're seeing from him, especially because, you know, usually we associate his finishing as one of his best traits. And now he's added a few other wrinkles to his game that feel more like the Rick bonus effect, I, I guess. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point of the season or just past, and the Jets are still around the top of the league. They have gone through you know, just about everything you could possibly imagine, from a massive goals against streak that was very low, one of the longest low goal scoring against or low goals against uh, streaks in NHL history. And they have now also gone through an injury crisis. So a bit up and down recently, but regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the locked on sports network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially hockey because with sleeper, you could win hundred times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. For those of you who are stats nerds and love everything from save percentage to goals against average or, or goals and assists per game, all that fun stuff, this is the chance for you to flex your knowledge, whether it's McDavid or Ehlers, Vasilevsky, McCarr, McKinnon, you name it. They've got the players tracked. And if you pre, if you beat uh, Sleeper's projections, whether it's more or less than what Sleeper has, you could win big, especially if you get eight stats categories for a game correct. That is eight stats categories in a given game correct uh, versus sleepers projections and if you do so you can get 100 times your bet so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big use promo code locked on nhl and you'll get up to a 100 match on your very first deposit terms and conditions apply that's code locked on nhl see sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are uh, closing out with some thoughts on a player having a bit of a career renaissance since coming back to the lineup. And I don't mean it in the usual sense where we have a guy who was struggling before and suddenly has turned his career around uh, completely. I'm talking more in a sort of sense where the player that we got after injury is not the same player that walked in uh, or, or came into the season, right? Kyle Connor is who I'm referring to ever since his injury. Connor has suddenly added defending to his game, which is not something that I've ever said before. He's had more back checks and more effective force turnovers than I've ever seen at any point in his career. He's actually winning puck battles along the walls. He's grinding and, and forcing uh, turnovers in the corners this is a form of Connor that we have almost never seen. Uh, Kyle is usually associated with being sort of the one-on-one -on -one master, the maestro of goal scoring, and also incredibly soft on the puck. This is not a guy who was ever really physically engaged almost in his entire career. He's never really been one to go in the corners. And when it comes to defensive marking and lane marking, he usually gets caught sliding and drifting around. But something has changed since uh, he's come back from injury. I don't know what happened and what instructions suddenly flipped the switch, but since his return, Kyle's been one of our best players overall, and not just because you know he's creating good goal-scoring opportunities and stuff, but just genuinely he's doing everything in multiple zones. And like he does not have to be good defensively to be an effective player. As long as Kyle is like even break-even when it comes to chances for and against, you really don't care because as long as he's potting goals and using that elite finishing talent of his, he just has to be slightly average at everything else. But instead, he's actually just been great. Uh, it's been a totally different experience since the last time that we saw him. And honestly, I would have to say it's been one of the most unexpected turnarounds that I've seen from anyone in our top six this season. You know, as much as I love Ehlers, we know that generally he is not necessarily known for his defensive work as much as, say, an Adam Lowry. Although to Ehlers' credit, I will say that he is always one who will backtrack pretty aggressively, especially if he commits a turnover. We saw him in overtime tonight try to bail out Neil Pionk's really awful pass. Didn't quite work that well, <laughs> unfortunately, but, you know, it is what it is. Connor, though, I, I just feel like has been a very different player since coming back, and I feel like that's worth shouting out and celebrating. Uh, unfortunately, He's not been as fortunate when it comes to his goal scoring attributes. I feel like that has unfortunately had a, uh, a, you know, perhaps fewer opportunities than he was hoping for to finish chances. A lot of that probably being because he hasn't been able to actually play, uh, you know, with a fully healthy team yet. Unfortunately for the Jets, you know, we, we get Kyle O'Connor back and then we lose Velarde and Shifley around the same time. So things could be better health wise, but you know what? As long as Connor keeps doing this once the team is as close to fully healthy as you can get, the Jets are going to be a complete menace. Winnipeg, again, has shown us that this year they are serious, they're buying in, and I, I attribute a lot of that to, to Bonus and the staff. And look, I'm not going to say that I don't have issues with Bonus's deployments. I've talked about them a lot. You know, I've mentioned them recently, especially as the injuries have piled up. There are some players that Bones definitely leans a little too heavily into, I would prefer that he maybe back off the minutes from some of our uh, bottom six players. But you know what? Otherwise, the guys really love him. The team seems to be really bought in. 
and I really can't have that many complaints when the Jets continue to soar above expectations and remain at or near the top of the league. And they're going to have to be uh, really on their best behavior over the next couple of games, especially with you know the All-Star break coming up. The Jets only have one more game before then, and then they'll have a pretty tough stretch afterwards. But, you know, Winnipeg gets a chance to have some revenge, at least against the Leafs, on Saturday. I expect Winnipeg will be much better, in part because I do think Shifley and Velarde are going to come back. I think they've had enough time off where hopefully whatever they're dealing with, they can sort of shake off. The one that does concern me is, is Morrissey. He's also been having kind of a renaissance season, a guy who has traditionally been more associated with his offensive game, especially recently, really redefining his defensive game this season as well. He took, you know, that really hard shot and has fallen down and, you know, wasn't able to come back into the, into the game. So hopefully he's healthy and ready to go. Again, Winnipeg is kind of crawling towards the, the all-star break. But you know what? As long as the Jets can make a game of it on Saturday, that's all that really matters. I think Winnipeg knows exactly where they stand. I think they know exactly what kind of team they are. It's just getting healthy and maybe getting some reinforcements from a good trade uh, and and this team should hopefully get things back on track. This recent blip, I've seen some people reacting and overreacting to. Don't be one of those folks. Things are still fine. The Jets will get right back on the high horse here pretty soon and get us back into winning ways. But let me know how you're feeling about the recent stuff. You know, are you surprised by Kyle Connor's defensive game? What do you think of some of the potential trade options out there? And what are you hoping the Jets take away from what was a disappointing but understandable loss against the Leafs. Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is all the time that we have. We'll be back here later this week and tomorrow with more pre-coverage ahead of the game against Toronto and perhaps some increased thoughts on uh, trade options as we're getting closer and closer to the deadline. But like I said, that is all the time that we have for today. As always, have a great night. Thanks for listening, and go Jets go. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.